The topic that I was given that we can discuss this morning was uh, the role of the leader in the local church. Role of the leader in the local church. Now, I begin with some just uh, experiences that we do have. You notice that several of us find it difficult to take responsibility to make decisions. Now, we don't say, I don't want to make a decision. I'm not willing to make a decision. But the way we answer shows that you want someone else to be the one who should be responsible to make a decision. Let me just give an example, simple example. Look at what normally happens. You visited and somebody says, what can I offer you, tea or coffee? And the answer, yes. Now, now what, what is the host going to do? Then, you are asked, what job can you do? Any job. Why can't you be more specific and say, actually, I am comfortable and I am capable of doing this kind of job. Another person asks you, when is it the best time for me to visit you? Or any time? Then the person says, oh, I'll come tomorrow in the afternoon. Oh, ah, tomorrow in the afternoon, I am, I am occupied. But you said any time. Now, oftentimes, we don't even realize that we are running away from taking responsibility to make decisions. Now, some of us have actually identified having experienced this kind of conversation. So we create difficulties for ourselves because we do not like to be responsible, to be clear. And so we, one of the reasons could be we want to be so vague so that when there is something which has gone wrong, we'll excuse ourselves, it's not me who made the decision. And so, we end up, you know, protecting ourselves. Now, there are also members in the local church who do not know the role of the elders or deacons or any people who are called leaders in the church. So in the process, misunderstandings begin to arise. Because... They are all thinking we are all brethren. We are all brothers. When somebody says I'm an elder or I'm a deacon, can you do this? Can you? There is conflict because we are all brothers and sisters. So today we want to look at the role of the leader in a local church. And hopefully, as we understand these things, we'll be able to appreciate the fact that God has put leaders in his church and also that we can be able to live together in harmony. Notice that 
the fact that we are saying the leader, it means that the major responsibility is that the leader must lead. Now, I know there are times when even leaders sort of are afraid to lead. And so you find they are actually confusing the followers because they are running away from the responsibility to lead. And so you, they, they can't make a decision. They keep asking the followers to be the ones like to make decisions and so on. And so a leader, we are saying, is one who should know where they are supposed to go as a group and so that he also knows the right path and what the right thing to be done is so that he can lead the way and point people to say it is this way that we should be going. So as we explore the role of a leader in the local church, we shall seek to find out what the scriptures say. And I've sort of picked a few scriptures which I would like us to look at and learn concerning the role of a leader in the local church. We start with the Lord Jesus. What did Jesus say about the role of leaders in the church? Let's turn to the Gospel of Mark and chapter 10 and we'll pick it up from verse 35. Mark chapter 10, we we'll pick it up from verse 35 to 45. So if we are there, I can start reading Mark chapter 10, verse 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him, that is to Jesus, and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Or, are you be, or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Verse 41. And when the ten head heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be saved, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. <clears throat> 
So notice as the Lord Jesus responded to the request of James and John, who were actually wishing to get a role in the kingdom of their master at a higher standing. They wanted to be second in command. Maybe one be second in command, the other one third in command. But they said, can you give us these two positions? My brother can sit on your right and I can sit on your left. So give us when you come in glory. So the disciples knew that Jesus was going to establish a kingdom. And that's what they knew. And so they were looking forward to having that aspect. So their desire was to have authority so they can command and people will listen to them. The request did not go well, unfortunately, with the other disciples. So they, they, they created anger and indignation because when the others listened and heard that this is what these two brothers were asking of the Lord, they aroused ill feelings and so there was kind of conflict among them. And so the Lord Jesus, when he noticed that his disciples began to sort of uh, fight against each other, he, he called them aside. And this is what Jesus took the opportunity to show them the kind of leadership that he was talking about for his kingdom. Then verse 43, we read the following words. But it shall not be so among you. Having talked and reminded them of what they knew, of how the leaders in the world, among the Gentiles, do things. They were envious that, you know, that is what I want to be. The one calling the shots. The one demanding and telling this one, go and do that. And so they were looking forward to that. And Jesus tells them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be saved, but to save and to give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus makes it clear that leadership in his kingdom is about providing service to those who are under your charge as a leader. He goes on to point to himself that they should look at their master and see how he works out leadership among them. Because he says to them, look, even the son of man, even I, I did not come so that you can save me, so that you can lift me, so that you can do all this for me. I came to save and to the ultimate of my ministry to give my life as a ransom for many. So the Lord Jesus shows the disciples the role of the leader is to be a servant, to meet the needs of the followers. He points out that in his kingdom things are different from the way things are in this world. The emphasis is in the world 
as the Lord Jesus reveals, is you know that those who are considered rulers or leaders of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. And that's what we see. When you look at the chiefs, they just sit and everyone does things for them, cultivates their garden, their brings the maize and all the other things. And that's what we desire to have. And that seems to be the kind of thing that everyone wants. Everyone wants someone else to do things for them. Now I challenge you brothers and sisters, especially us in Zambia, we tend to want someone else to do things for me. And so we sit back and, you know, our founding father, the late KK, may his soul rest in peace, really loved this country and the people of this country. And when we got independence, he wanted us to actually enjoy from that pressure and oppression that we're experiencing. He says, now we must have the food we're supposed to have. And some of us, experienced that and we look back and say thank you for doing that because if he didn't provide free education some of us our parents could not have afforded for us to be where we are and i remember tronantrop secondary school in those days every lunch time there was a tetrack of milk and two buns for our lunch now, he wanted to make us grow and appreciate that we are independent. Now, the unfortunate thing is that that good gesture, instead of us saying, now I've finished school and we still are thinking of somebody must give me lunch. So that when we think about working, and responsibility, it becomes very difficult. Service. Servant. It means you must make your hands dirty and serve. And that is what all of us need to know. That there must be servant. We are to do service. And in our country, we are talking a lot the political world, in the economic world, and all sorts of things. Now, somebody was just telling me of what they had, one of the people who, was, who is a member of UPND, who told them, ah, this president has made things tough. You know, there is no loophole for us to, to get some money. Ah, so me, I don't even want to accept any position. Because we are used to saying, if I get this leadership position, it means I have responsibility, and part of my responsibility is to get things to myself. When I'm given responsibility to share and save and do this, you find that the big amount goes in my pocket, and the others, they just get, maybe some of them don't even get anything. Now, unfortunately, we see that this kind of attitude 
is in the local church. We who are supposed to be the light and show from the teaching of our Savior that to be a leader, you are supposed to be a servant and save those that are under your responsibility. So we see the definition of leadership in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus is service. And greatness is for those who are servants or slaves. Therefore, the role of the leaders in the local church is to serve God and God's people. Then we look at the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul also gives us an idea and some important facts about the role of leaders. <clears throat> we read the Apostle Paul writing to the young man Timothy who was left in leadership at the church in Ephesus, exhorting him to play the role of setting an example for the believers. You are a leader there, you are young, yes I know, but do not, look, look at what he says there in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. He's, he recognizing that I left a young man to be a leader in the church at Ephesus. And so to encourage him, he says the following in verse 12. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So what does this verse offer us in knowing the role of the leader in the local church? We are informed through this verse that the leader is to set an example to the believers, to help us explore this, the meaning of this task. I want us to look at three, four questions which quickly we will be able to answer. So we'll look at why should leaders set an example? What does it mean to set an example? How can leaders set an example? What should be the leader's motivation in setting an example? So let's look at the first question then. Why should leaders set an example? Have you noticed that many people are happier to follow the saying which goes as follows? Do what I say and not what I do. I am the leader, you listen to me. When I tell you to do this, you do it. Don't do, think about what I do. Do what I command you to do. And that is the kind of thing many people uh, want to do. But have you noticed the way human be beings develop? Human beings develop not by instinct. It's not by instinct. Human beings develop and grow by observation from other human beings. Have you noticed that a baby is helpless? A human baby left alone, the baby will die. But 
when you look at a goat, when it produces its kid, the kid comes out into this world. Before long, the kid starts following the mother and starts sniffing things. The mother hasn't said anything. Do this, do that. Well, the mother will have milk and the kid will be sucking. But you can see already walking around and following. And by instinct knows this is what I should do. Not the human being. Must train the child. The child must observe, oh, that's what dad does. Okay, so that's what I should do. Oh, that's what mommy does. That's what I should do. And that is why it is important that you don't speak things you don't want your child to speak. Because if you are always saying, ichimutwe, ichimutwe, next the, the child will tell you, ichimutwe, then you'll be upset. But it's you who has been talking, producing that weight. So that is what we are saying. As human beings, we grow up and develop by looking and observing. And that is why it is important in the local church for people to know what it means to be a Christian, how to live the Christian life. We need to look to those who are our leaders and follow their example. They must set us an example. And so, Several reasons are cited why leaders should set an example. One, to demonstrate God's holy character. To demonstrate God's holy character. Two, to follow the instruction of the Lord Jesus. Because the Lord Jesus said in John chapter 13 verse 15, For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. So, following the instruction of the Lord Jesus, he set us an example and he wants the, his disciples to set an example to each other. Notice that it is also, thirdly, it is an effective method of teaching. An effective method of teaching. You explain and you leave it out and people begin to connect the teaching to practice. Say, oh, that is what it means to love. Oh, that is what it means to save. Because you've taught them that you must save one another and they see you save. Then they know, oh, that is what it means. So it makes and produces emphasis on what, um, what you are teaching. Then fourthly, it gives authenticity to the gospel message. Gives authenticity to the gospel message. So that you are saying, Jesus loves you. And he loves you. And he loves me. And he wants you to accept him. But in your manner of life, you are showing hatred. And the person comes and says, I'm hungry. You throw them out and you tell them off. Next, you want to tell them, you know, can you come to church? Jesus loves you. They look at what you did and what you are saying. And they tell you, your actions are so loud that I can't hear what you are saying. 
it gives authenticity to the gospel message. The Apostle Paul was able to write to and remind the Thessalonians of his lifestyle when he was with them. He says this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 7. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you. They worked, they saved. And so Paul reminds them that we proclaimed the gospel and we saved and we worked and looked after us, even looked after some of the, the, the Thessalonians. It also it demonstrates the seriousness of the leader and the event at hand. And you notice that many people get discouraged. I don't know whether it happens here, but in many churches it happens. You have a meeting in the afternoon, everybody's told, come back this afternoon, we have a prayer meeting, pray together, and some of the people come, and they look around, find there's no deacon, there's only one elder. What are you communicating? You're telling them, though we announced that you should come, it was not even necessary for you to come. You need to save and set an example to show that these things you are talking about are serious. And you take them seriously because you are there leading the, showing the example and of being present in that activity. Then the last point, the last thing that can answer the question why is it necessary is it demonstrates the seriousness of the leadership responsibility look at what peter said writing in first peter chapter 2 verse 21 to this you were called because christ suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps It is Christ did things. And it was not always easy. If anything, it was always tough. And so leadership, you set an example to show that even when things are tough, we have to suffer for the gospel. And you do it. And that helps to make people follow the example. So then what does it mean to set an example? In a way, it is actually painting a picture. Painting a picture of what people can see so that they understand. Have you noticed that there are many leaders, now, as well as those who are late, who are afraid to be challenged about their lifestyle. It is common to hear people quickly excuse themselves by acknowledging that they are only human. What do you expect from them? Therefore, you cannot expect perfection from me. This has led, actually, many people to decline from taking 
leadership positions. They are fearful of being the, in the position where the community will be examining their actions, their words. So we are often conscious of the sin and weakness in ourselves and are blinded, unfortunately, to the power of God. And so we are afraid to take up responsibility. In the church setting, an example is not a demonstration of a person's ability to live upright. They are not asking you to be strong and live upright. Rather, it is a demonstration of this frail human being that has experienced the grace of God. Paul often reminded, reminded his listeners about this. He shows that from the start of his Christian life to the continuing of the same and to the very end, his life, it was God's grace and God's mercy that was at work. It was not that he was a strong, perfect character. No. As we read in 1 Timothy, verse 16, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16, this is what he says to Timothy. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. So he's saying, it's not my example. It is exposing to you what Christ has done, what God has done in my life. Then when he writes to the Corinthians, this is what he says. As he talks about the fact that he's, 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 he's one of the chief of the sinners and, and so on. He says there in verse 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, any of the other apostles. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is in me. So what does, so we can therefore say, that setting an example is being transparent so that people can see God at work in your life. That's what we are saying. You are to show people the life of our Lord Jesus Christ as Paul exhorted the Corinthian Christians that they should follow his example as he followed the example of Christ. You find that in 1 Corinthians. Corinthians 11 verse 1. Therefore we are saying, setting an example is to dare to set standards for others for life in this world. Which tend, in this world which tends to sin, the leader's responsibility is to present the proper image of the Christian and to be a pattern for others, other believers to follow. I hope you have understood. It is not about you trying to keep well and what. It is about you being transparent 
and letting the life of Christ be seen in you. It means that you should not be afraid that you are imperfect, that you can make a mistake. You make a mistake, you even say, sorry, um, I, forgive me, I was too harsh there, I made a mistake there, but humility of Christ is showing in you, setting an example that Christ is Lord. Then how can leaders set an example? What are some of the ways in which you should set an example? So then how do I go about setting an example? We look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, where Paul gives an exhortation and advice to Timothy. We are given very specific areas where the leader should set an example for the believers. In speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. So let's just quickly, briefly just mention some of these things. So what we are saying is that in speech, that is in word, when we are involved in conversation with others, your speech should be characteristic of a child of God. You should not only avoid the speech which is forbidden, but also anything that would not edify the hearers. You know, sometimes we say, but that is not an insult. But even something which is not an insult may not encourage, may not build others. So the way you speak, the things you speak must be, you should be setting an example. In Colossians, Paul writes and encourages the, Coloss the Colossians in chapter 4, verse 6. He says this, these words, take note concerning our setting an example in speech. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This implies that your speech must be truthful, honest, and loving. Not otherwise. Then you need to set an example in life, that is conduct. Our lives should be lived in submission to the word of God. We should not be hypocrites. Rather, we should be honest, always seeking to please the Lord. Rather than man. Have you noticed that when you start pleasing man, you cannot be consistent? Because this man is more interested in this thing, the other one is more interested in something else. But if you choose and resolve to please the Lord, you'll be able to be consistent in your life. For example, if you are not in right relationship with man or God, you should not accept to lead worship or lead in prayer. Now, very few, only once or twice have I come across somebody actually say, no, can you choose someone else to pray? Publicly, they ask in front, you know, the way we do things, we don't even warn people, we just choose people to, to do things. And this person just said, oh, can you choose someone else? The person who was reading was a little bit confused. 
But this person felt, no, I can't lead in prayer at this point. And that's important. Because you are the one who knows your relationship with God. So your conduct is not just what human beings see. And often that is what we are more interested in. What will the other people think? What will the other people say? And so in the process, you disobey God and obey man. Which is a terrible thing to do. The Lord Jesus taught us that if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. That's what is supposed to happen. Can you see how serious the Lord is about your conduct? Not just outward conduct, but even your inner being, which it's only you and God who knows. And he says, you remember. Oh, that brother, we have not resolved. He's very unhappy with what I did, or I don't know what I... He says, leave your gift. Go and reconcile. Then come back and worship and offer sacrifice. Now, how many of us actually do that? How many of us do that? Often at the breaking of bread, there is some saying, the Lord has warned us that we should examine ourselves, that if there is anything between us and him, if there is any sin, we must avoid taking the emblems. But please put things right quickly. And that is repeated Sunday in, Sunday out. But how many of us actually deal with the issues and put things right in our relationships with one another and with God? You find that some people have been at loggerheads with one another for 10 years. And they sit, if the only thing they do, if he, this person sits this side at the breaking of bread, they sit the other side. But they break bread. And yet they are not able to relate well. <laughs> Set an example in life. Now someone has said, you know, if you decline to pray or do something like that, people suspect that you are living in sin. But it's better they do that And they will not be suspecting. It is true. Because you are not right, and that is why you want to walk in the way of the Lord. So good relationship with God and others is important. So set an example in demonstrating a life that is lived in submission to the word of God and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Nothing in your conduct should cause people to blaspheme. Blaspheme the name of Christ. Set an example in love. This should be our motivation for saving God. It is not mere seeking praise from God, but because we love God 
and we love his people. So we save gladly and portray a behavior that is characterized by love. And people will notice it when they can, where there is love. And so you set an example in love. Set an example in faith. This implies that we trust God and are faithful to him. Faith is you trusting God or others. While faithfulness, which is born out of faith, is your attracting others to trust you. So that others can trust you and say, yes, this one is faithful. When he says he will come, yes, we know he will come. Not those who say, I will come at 10 hours tomorrow. And they don't come. And they don't even phone. And when you meet the day after, I, I was waiting for you. They even laugh. <laughs> oh, okay. You mean that, uh, ah, no, something came up. Can you trust them next time? And should that be a leader in the local church? Shouldn't. Leader in the local church should set an example in faith. And he should be a person who is faithful. So it's not a matter of telling people that you can be trusted, but to live a life that attracts trust. It demands commitment to building relationships. Now, it is these, in these relationships in the community of God's people that you can show how dependable and how steadfast you are. Set an example in faith. And finally, set an example in purity. Now, purity, we are talking about moral cleanliness. Moral cleanliness. In a world where there is sexual impurity and other abuses, the Christian leader is called upon to live with a different code of conduct. He is not only to show outwardly that he does not engage in impure activities, but he must keep himself pure in mind, heart, and body. So your motives must be pure void of malice or any form of evil. So the first task is purify the heart because it is the, in the heart. If the heart is wrong, everything will be wrong. And that's what Jesus had to tell the, those who are so interested in avoiding drinking this, avoiding touching this. And he challenged them that Evil comes from within the heart and therefore you must make sure that the heart is pure, it's cleaned. There in Mark chapter 7 verse 21 to 23, we read the following. From within our heart, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. These are the things 
that are present in the sinful human being and the heart must be cleaned so that then you can live a pure life. Then you can set an example in purity. So we've looked at servants. The role of a leader is service. You should be a servant in the local church. Secondly, the role of a leader is you should set an example to the believers. And thirdly then, and finally, what should be the role of a leader? We find in First Peter where Peter tells challenges in First Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. Peter challenges his fellow leaders to be alert and do their work of being shepherds. Be shepherds. And in carrying out the role of a shepherd, they are to carry out this task with certain specific attitudes that Peter challenges his fellow leaders to have. Be shepherds. Now when we talk about shepherds, we are talking about a person who looks after sheep. A person who takes care of sheep. So the members are sheep and the leaders are shepherds. So it is their responsibility to take care of them. And in taking care of them, it means you lead them where there is food, spiritual food. Make sure they are well fed spiritually. You take them where there is water, that they are not thirsty, so that they are growing in their Christian life. That's what should happen. And so how are the leaders supposed to do this? There are certain attitudes. So you should not teach or counsel in a wrong way. But Peter gives almost, almost eight things that he wants the leaders, to, the attitudes they should have when they are shepherd, shepherding. But you know they are human beings, right? Eh? These leaders are human beings. And the sheep sometimes can be naughty. The leader is saying this way, then it decides to go. And so the shepherd becomes upset and hammers the hammers the with the rod. And can you get in the in the line? When that happens, the sheep gets very angry. But because it's a sheep, it can't do anything to the shepherd. He has a rod that is huge. And that happens actually even in the local church. Have you noticed? The shepherd maybe gets upset because last week he told you, and this week he told you, and he wants you to put things right, and you are doing wrong things. And he snaps. And so you... Forget about your wrongdoing and you constantly remember the snapping of the shepherd. So we need to you know that's why Peter gave this long list. I'll just read that list. He says, when you do shepherding, do it willingly. That's the first thing he mentions. 
Then he says, second, he says, do it eagerly. Not lazily, not with just a laissez-faire attitude. Eagerly, that you are a shepherd. So that the people even know this is our shepherd. Then exemplary. You don't do it below power. But where you know you are doing it above power. Do it honestly. Do it honestly. Be honest and speak honestly. If somebody has done wrong, you don't beat about the bush. Like we Zambians, we like beating about the bush. And don't even go direct. You are expecting the other person will conclude this is what I mean. Uh -uh. Honestly and speak the truth to the sheep. Then contentedly. You are happy that you are a shepherd. You don't you are not frustrated or you are not sad that you are a shepherd and you start saying, like some people have even gone to the extent, don't get paid as an elder. And then you are troubling me like this. <laughs> no, contentedly, generously, do it generously with your time, your your possessions and all these things selflessly and humbly humbly serving God and his people these then are the attitudes that you should carry that should characterize the leader in his disposition and as he relates to the people around him as he takes up the responsibility of his role in the local church so as we conclude, to teach is one thing, but to exemplify the teaching in one's lifestyle is another matter. It is not impressive theological qualifications that we need in our nation and local churches, but we need leaders who can model the Christian Christians and uh, which the other Christians can imitate. So the challenge to Timothy had, which is ours today, is to be an example of what we teach. So three things. Be servants. No, it's not easy to be a servant. Because other people don't want to be saved. That's the challenge. But be an example. Be a shepherd of God's people. So may God help us that we may understand this and do it to the glory of God. Amen.